Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Waiver Wire show of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Kent Wyrock. I am joined by Matthew Betts today. Betsy, how are we doing? Kent, I'm doing great, man. Uh, we're back again here, heading into week 13. Man, it is is absolutely crazy that we're basically at the point that playoffs are starting in some leagues this week, and for most people, it's week 14, so we're right on the cusp of playoffs. Ooh, I, in the Scott Fishbowl, I am battling for a bye this week. That big Lamar Miller touchdown was huge, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. We'll we'll find out, I suppose. But we're trending towards playoffs, and it's it's an uh, intriguing time of year. Good for you, man. I am sadly going to be out of the Scott Fishbowl playoffs this year after drafting Le'Veon Bell at the 101 in my division. So oh, uh, no, I came no. out on fire, though, man. I came out like 5-1 and one after the first six weeks, and then since then – just been a downhill slide so i am uh i'm gonna be on the outside looking in this year i'll uh, i'll do my best to represent the podcast uh we'll see yes, but let's let's talk about some waiver wire options though i mean this is you know the time of year where you if you if you've got some money left in the tank you got to use it you got to use it sometime so you got only a couple weeks left where you can kind of decide and you know there, there's a there's a few guys out there right now i think that are worth possibly spending the rest of your budget on so we'll talk about them here in a second we'll go top to bottom like we normally do start with the quarterbacks uh let's bring up Lamar Jackson again I mean he's he's a running back that also throws the football and kind of in in a way that I predicted they wanted to try and get him to throw the football more against the Raiders this last week he did throw two interceptions however uh if you watch the game I they weren't really egregious they were both kind of like tip pass kind of things uh they weren't super terrible he only had, I think it was, I have in front of me here, 178 passing yards and one passing touchdown. But he did have a rushing touchdown and, of course, has 71 yards on the ground. So he's a good fantasy quarterback. And if they decide to stick with him over Joe Flacco, which I feel we'll find out soon in the week here, uh, he's worth uh, worth playing, I think, with his schedule. How, how do you feel about him? Oh, 100%. We've been talking about him the last few weeks, mostly because of the fact that he provides such a nice – floor and ceiling with that rushing attack um, every time. I mean, as long as he's carrying the ball and he's doing what he's done these past few weeks on the ground, he is absolutely going to be a very startable fantasy quarterback. And like you mentioned, he could have the job for the rest of the year. Actually, Joe Flacco's list uh, today to figure out what's going on with that hip in more detail. So there is potential that he could miss even more time than we're you know, originally led to believe. So uh, there's no you know, sure... Uh, news coming out that Flacco is going to be back anytime soon. So from here on out, you know, it could be Lamar Jackson. Sure. Yeah. No. And, and that hip injury. I mean, we've kind of talked about it a little bit before, but what what do you think as far as something that this could be a long term issue for him? Yeah. So he he kind of got you know, fell on top of during a sack a couple of weeks ago, and it caused his hip to kind of bend awkwardly. And when that happens, it can irritate the joint and can cause. Um, a labrum issue and typically those injuries which to be honest with you I don't know that that's exactly what's going on I'm speculating here but if that's what's going on typically those injuries do well without having surgery it just requires a lengthy rehab process so it's possible that that's what's going on here with Flacco and if that is the case like I said earlier he could be out for the rest of the year sure yeah, I love Lamar Jackson. I've actually I started him in last week in a, in a couple of spots so I'm a big fan of his but if he's out there, he's worth a grab. That schedule's real spicy, but you got to keep an eye on the Flacco news. Next, let's talk about Jameis Winston. I mean, he showed back up. He didn't get he didn't get sat for Fitzpatrick this week, so that's a plus. 
I feel like that would, <laughs> would tend to happen. Game. <laughs> yeah, then that's, you know, a rarity for uh, these Buccaneers quarterbacks this season. But uh, he threw for 312 yards and two touchdowns. Looked pretty good doing it. Uh, I mean, he's worth adding, worth playing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually played him this past week. And to be honest with you, I was a little worried when kickoff was happening that I was actually doing this after the roller coaster that it's been. But, yeah, the, the fantasy – um, production from the quarterback position, regardless of if it's Winston or if it's Patrick this year, has been phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Winston is definitely a streamer moving forward here. Um, and it doesn't matter because even if it looks bad, at the end of the day, he gets it done. And I do believe, hopefully at this point, that that coaching staff gets it right and they let Winston just play out the rest of the year um, and stop playing this back-and-forth game between the two of them. Yeah, there's always just that fear that, you know, the in the coaching staff's mind that Winston gets injured and they have to pay him money. And so that's the only thing still holding me back there is the contract situation. But uh, definitely worth picking up and playing if, if you've just been kind of streaming. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in Winston going forward. He they, That whole team, they just ball out. They air out the ball. And whoever's playing a quarterback is worth starting. So uh, I will I will pick up and start Winston if I need to. And then one last other kind of streaming option, or possibly even better going forward with the emergence of Amari Cooper, is Dak Prescott, the quarterback there. I mean, that offense as a whole has looked so much different since Amari uh, came to town and got acclimated with the playbook. And I like what I see. It's been great for Zeke, great for Dak, pretty great all around for the Cowboys. So I don't know. Do you, do you have any interest in playing Dak, rostering him? Oh, for sure. I mean, what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is really what this offense has needed. Like you said, Amari Cooper has definitely been a game changer, not only, you know, when he's having monster weeks, which obviously helps Dak, but even just taking some pressure off of um, Dak having to do so much and Zeke having to do so much, it opens up the field for that offense. And it's shown the last few weeks. Um, I like Dak, Dak a lot, especially if he can keep doing what he's doing on the ground with his legs. Uh, and he gets a fantastic matchup next week uh, on Thursday night against New Orleans. So a uh, very favorable matchup there. I like him as a streamer in that one. Absolutely. So let's swing over to the running back position where I think there's actually a lot of good options this week. Uh, there's some big money options and then there's a couple of sneaky ones. Uh, and there was one I put on the list this week that got a couple of question marks from bets. So that's how you know uh, it's getting pretty sneaky. But up first, Gus Edwards, um, blow, blow your fab, especially if Lamar Jackson remains a starter in Baltimore, which uh, again, I kind of think he will, but uh Gus Gus Edwards look good playing playing with him. A lot of people say their their play styles complement each other, and I'm, I I'm on the Gus bus. You you got me. I'm on it. I was so ask, are you all, are you all aboard at this point? I'm, I'm all aboard. Bus. Spend all your fab. If you have any fab left, spend it on Gus Edwards if he's available, and just hope you get 100%, him. One hundred percent. If if you've got any fab left, you've got to blow it all this week to go get him. Um, this could be a startable RB two or better running back moving forward, especially like we've talked about all. You know, season long here, the fantasy playoffs for the Ravens is fantastic. And another thing to consider here, too, is Alex Collins missed this game because of a foot injury, yeah. which is kind of bizarre because he was downgraded to out on Thursday and then practicing full on Friday. So you thought this is going to be another split between the two, but it's possible he suffered a setback during pregame warmups before he was rolled out. So we really don't know exactly what's going on there or the severity of that foot injury. Um, so definitely a situation to monitor. If he misses any time, that makes Edwards even more valuable. So, yes, spend all of your fab and go get him. Well, and you know how we talked about the Ravens players being trade targets and we talked about Alex Collins. Well, 
that schedule just kind of switches right over to Gus Edwards, so he could be a league winner type guy. And uh, if you don't have him, you gotta go get him. And that's that's kind of all there is to say about it. Uh, up next, let's talk about the running back for the Eagles, Josh Adams, who's officially the leader of the backfield. I mean, I, I don't think it's it. You know, they're done kind of going with their Swiss Army knife style. They gotta. They, the the Eagles have been struggling offensively, and I think they need to do something, kind of change it up and find a new tune uh, to play here to get Carson Wentz back on track. And he had 22 rush attempts for 84 yards and a touchdown this last week. He's currently 55% owned in Yahoo League, so he's going to be out there in a few spots. He's 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 not like an all-in candidate for me, but definitely I'll spend up probably 20 to 25% of the original fab. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd go get him. What, what, how do you feel about him? Yeah, absolutely. The volume has been there, and it's been fantastic, uh, especially this past week. Like you said, 22 carries, which for the Eagles is pretty much unheard of when they split yeah. up their backfield work. They're finally committing to one workhorse guy, um, and Adams has been fantastic with the opportunities that he's gotten. And actually today, Doug Peterson, when talking to the media, came out and said, again, I want to keep getting Josh Adams more work um, that he's earned it. So I don't see this changing anytime soon. Um, so absolutely very viable RB2 in fantasy. And the other thing to consider here is, like I've said before on the pod, the Eagles secondary is so banged up and they are so you know run down with injuries yeah. that I don't think they want to get into shootouts with anyone anytime soon, especially with their, how their offense is performing. So it's possible that they keep leaning on Adams to try to grind out the clock and keep time of possession a little bit longer. So yeah, uh, I'm definitely willing to go 25 to maybe even 40% of my budget if I'm really struggling at the running back position. Yep, he looked good. He's looked good last couple of games he's played, so go uh, go grab him. So this is the one that got question marks from, from my boy Betts over here. I put down Carlos Hyde on the sheet because, and I, this is a very specific kind of scenario, Leonard Fournette just got suspended for the next game. Now, he is appealing, but uh, the Jaguars are going to be playing against the Colts at noon on Sunday this week, and I think if you need a desperation spot start flex Carlos Hyde has that potential um just in general they've decided to go with Cody Kessler as the QB instead of Blake Bortles who has been truly terrifying this year for them uh I I don't think it's a bad spot I mean between him and Yeldon it'll probably be split pretty 50 50 so you could see you know Yeldon as a PPR guy and Carlos Hyde if you're chasing a touchdown so it's it's seriously like a one-time spot start, got to win, no other options, someone got injured, Melvin Gordon team type play. <laughs> I like I like that justification there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm with you on that. I think that um, there are several other options that I would prefer, especially given that no one's on, on bye this week finally yeah. um, at the running back position. So, yeah, certainly if you're desperate and you need a running back start for the week, yeah, grab him and plug him in. It's a decent matchup against the Colts. Um, I like Yeldon a little bit more than than Hyde because I think that, um, especially with Cody Kessler, they're going to be trailing with Andrew Luck and the Colts offense yeah. um, really well. So That's a good uh, point. I do believe that it's more of a Yeldon type of game. But sure, Hyde will be serviceable, and if they get down the goal line, he'll be uh, he'll be the guy. Here, here's my thing. He's just like a sneaky $1 ad. If you missed on your Edwards, your Adams, your anyone else, just – Give him a roll. I mean, it, it's a desperation play, truly. I understand that, but um, could 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 get a touchdown or two. So, Yeah, he should definitely be rostered. 
Uh, up next, let's talk about LeGarrette Blunt, who had two touchdowns this last week, uh, playing in the wake of Carrion uh, Johnson being injured. Uh, how does it sound about Carrion's injury going forward? Got any insight on that? They've been pretty optimistic all along, so I, I do expect Carrion to have a chance to play this week. I don't know specifically if he's going to. We're definitely going to have to monitor his practice reports heading into the week. Um, the nice thing about the team playing this past Thursday is that injury reports are going to be more available to us earlier in the week. Um, yeah. Typically, teams coming off of, they call it the mini-buy when they play on a Thursday and then play on a subsequent Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, they will practice earlier in the week than other teams, so we will find out more information shortly with carry-on. Sure. Yeah, and it. I mean, I kind of was thinking this beforehand. He he got 19 rushing attempts, and that's it's hard to ignore that as far as you know finding someone who's worth playing as a running back. So uh, you can't discount that. I think he had a target as well. I didn't write it down because he's not going to be used in the passing game. Uh, Theo Riddick's going to be up that alley, and actually Theo Riddick I think is a good pickup as well uh, now that Marvin Jones has been sent to injured reserve. So. Uh, that that uh, the two of them I think are low low fab kind of options this week. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, same situation. Uh, I think more along those uh, Carlos Hyde lines where it's desperation play for Blunt and in PPR formats, grab Riddick. Uh, he's been seeing a bit more of an increase in his target share, especially since Golden Tate's gone. And like you said, Marvin Jones is now on injured reserve. Um, and while we're talking about the team, I know we're not in the wide receiver position yet, but Bruce Ellington, also a deeper PPR wide receiver to add. Um, he's mm. been getting targets like crazy in the slot. So definitely a, a deep option there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about Justin Jackson. I, I think it, the reason I'm not listing uh, Austin Eckler is just because I think he's already pretty highly owned. He's kind of serviceable even as a second tier option, uh, even when Melvin Gordon is healthy. So Justin Jackson's going to be the guy that you can go to the waiver wire and take a look at. He's probably not going to be worth paying much of anything for, like maybe even just a dollar. And you're kind of just hoping to see one good game of production, and then you might feel confident about starting him next week if Gordon is still out. It's 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 a super kind of risky play if you have a spare bench spot kind of a thing. So I don't know if you have any interest in him at all, but that's that's where I'm at on him. Yeah, I mean he was a he was a guy actually coming out of. Northwestern. He's a rookie this year who I kind of liked a little bit, uh, but he fell into a situation where he was just stuck on the depth chart. So I'm excited to see his opportunity here moving forward. I don't know that the team is really going to commit to Eckler the way that they do to Gordon, where Gordon is an absolute workhorse. So I do believe he's going to get some touches. It's just a matter of, of how many and for how long with Gordon injured. His MCL injury is a grade two, so he's going to be out probably two weeks, uh, but potentially up to four weeks. And so, you know, we're entering week 13, so it's possible. We don't see Melvin Gordon until week 15 and at the yeah. extreme end, week 16, which is championship day, championship day for most leagues. So uh, uh, that would uh, suck. both of these running backs should be rostered in 100% of leagues. I would, I would really, as a Melvin Gordon owner, I would not be happy if he was brought back week 16 because um, that would just be a super, like, do I start him? Do I not start him coming off that injury? You never know, but... Um, it's intriguing. So if he does miss an extended period of time, though, Justin Jackson has an opportunity at least uh, to get some touches. Up next, let's talk about Rex Burkhead, one of my favorite guys coming into the year. Unfortunately, that did not turn out so hot. Still think there's some talent to be had here. He's kind of sitting behind Sony Michelle now, behind James White as well. So it's not really clear what his role will be on the offense, but 
knowing how Belichick operates, uh, could be any one of those three guys any given week. So, what do you, do you want to go uh, grab Rexy, sexy Rexy? Yeah, I think he's worth a free agent ad. I don't think I'd spend any fab on him this sure. week. Yeah, I, like you said, we just never really know what to expect from these uh, Patriots running backs. But I will say one thing that's been pretty consistent with Sony Michelle's usage this year is whenever he's coming off of an injury, they always ease him back into action. Uh, and we saw that two weeks ago when he's coming back from his knee injury. And then this past week, he got uh, over 20 carries. So he has been a workhorse when healthy. And I will say, don't be surprised to see Sony Michelle limited this week in practice. He got folded up backwards, looked yeah. super painful, kind of like a pretzel. Did you see that hit? Yeah, I did see that. That looked pretty bad, actually. And he left for a series but came back in. So uh, there's no you know real threat of him having to miss any time. But these back injuries, when you're hyperextended that way, it can be super, super painful. And there's 100% chance that Sony Michelle woke up today very stiff and sore. So with the Patriots being very conservative – I would not be shocked to see him limited all week or even miss practice and potentially limit the, his reps uh, in week 13. So Rex Burkhead, very, very sneaky pickup for this week. Yeah, he's sneaky. And like I said, I mean, he's always any, – any running back in that backfield's got touchdown potential, I think. So uh, that injury to Sony is certainly a good reason to believe as well. So I can get behind that. Uh, up next, the year is 2035. We are still talking about Frank Gore. Um He's he's timeless, man. But in this particular case, he he draws some interest because Kenyon Drake got injured uh, in a game where he actually he, two touchdowns. I think Kenyon had right. Yeah, he had two touchdowns. Yeah. So t- what happened with his injury, and uh, do you think that makes Gore worth adding? Oh, Gore is absolutely worth adding. Even though this week it was a you know air quotes here, it was a Drake week. Um, Gore is still getting a decent amount of work in that backfield. Kenyon Drake, he's been dealing with a left shoulder injury. The exact diagnosis of it isn't really clear at this time, but he's been wearing a non-contact jersey in practice for the past two weeks. So typically that means for most players, I suspect an AC joint injury. Um, Again, I don't know that, just speculating. But he landed on top of his shoulder um, on a third down run on Sunday and left the game in obvious pain holding his left shoulder. So this potentially could be something that Drake deals with for the rest of the season and he's playing at less than 100%. Mm. So it's certainly possible that it flares up later on, and if that happens, Frank Gore has got the backfield pretty much to himself. So, yeah, I do like Frank Gore as a deep add and a, a guy to keep your eye on for sure. Gore just keeps on rubbling, man. He's uh, I agree. I think he's worth adding. He's been kind of even decent when Drake's been healthy some of these games this year, so I can get behind that. If you had the backfield, that Ryan Tannehill coming back, I think this offense is – um you know, on the upswing here, so to speak, for the rest of the year. So, yeah, uh, definitely worth a shot. Only a couple of wide receivers to talk about, really, this week. And and the first one on the list is Traquan Smith. I, I really only put him here because he did not play on Thursday. Uh, the Saints had a short week, so they decided to just give him some rest. He's, he's coming off – well, he is coming off his 10 target – or, excuse me, I don't have it written down. But he had 10 receptions for 153 yards and a touchdown, I believe it was. So it sounds about right. Yeah, it was a big game for him. And then, like I said, he took the game off with that injury. Uh, What do you how do you what do you know about his injury right now? Yeah, there's not really much coming out about Traquan Smith, but he is currently dealing with a foot injury, um, which, you know, when he destroyed my Eagles two Sundays ago, 
there was no real evidence of an injury, and then he popped up on the injury report heading into the Thanksgiving game um, and returned to a limited practice Wednesday before being rolled out. So he, he has practiced, um, and he practiced it in a limited fashion, I believe, mm-hmm. today. So uh, things are at least looking positive for Smith's return. It's possible that he could have played last week if it was a Sunday game, but sure. with it being a short week, like you said, they sat him. Um, so just a guy to, to keep monitoring there, the practice reports. Yeah, and I, and I think because he didn't play, it's going to show zeros up on his score line or on his stat line there. So, you know, you, you could maybe sneak him off the waiver wire if no one's no one's going after him. But, uh, yeah, it's still intriguing for the rest of the year. Mike Williams on the Chargers. I think he's interesting because he's just a touchdown threat for the Chargers right now, man. I mean, Keenan Allen finally got in the end zone, but really it's been Mike Williams so far this year. And this last game he had four receptions for just 25 yards, but two of them were for touchdowns. And this Chargers offense is just rolling right now. Uh, with the absence of Melvin Gordon, it, it might it might hurt their overall offense a bit, but I think it's going to make them lean on their passing game even more so. Um, so I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about Mike Williams? Yeah, I like the idea of Mike Williams, but I feel like he's just, it's hard to plug him into your lineup. Um, yeah. because like you said, it's, it's very touchdown dependent. I will say, however, Melvin Gordon, like you said, you know, out for a few weeks opens up a lot of opportunity around the goal line. Um, Melvin Gordon's been c- catching the ball like crazy out of the backfield. Um, so certainly more targets to be coming his way. The other thing is Tyrell Williams is also currently dealing with an injury. He was a game-time decision yeah. heading into this past Sunday, and he didn't have a single target or catch. So uh, if that injury is being more serious than what we think it might be with that quad, and Mike Williams is the surefire wide receiver too, with Melvin Gordon out, I like him a lot more. Yeah, and this next week against the Steelers, I don't like him as much. But after that, he gets the Bengals and then the Chiefs, and I think those are two pretty nice spots. So, uh Melvin Gordon will probably be out for at least that Bengals game, I would think. So I think if you're going to have a spot to do it, that would be the time to do it. So um, you probably have better options. So it might be like a deep league type thing, but definitely someone worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I like that call out. And then the last guy on the list, Josh Doxson. Uh, I kind of called this, or not called it, but like I commented on it when um, when Colt McCoy took over that he saw six targets Josh Doxson did from Colt. So this game with Colt being the starter, playing the entire game, he had 10 targets for six receptions and 66 yards. Uh, it's a good sign that Josh Doxson could be, you know, the wide receiver one. We kind of hoped he would have been when he came into the league and kind of uh, puttered a little bit, so... If he's getting that opportunity, though, he's he's worth adding. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of our listener question, questions last week where, like you said, you're the only one that really called this, where we're hoping for Colt McCoy to have someone that he goes to as his you know number one option, which now it seems to be Josh Dotson. He gets a great matchup next week against the Eagles, like we've already talked about on this podcast tonight. Um, the Eagles secondary is just so ravaged by injury that – everyone is throwing on them and all receivers are playing well against them. So yeah, if you are needy as a wide receiver three or a flex, I have no problem throwing Dotson in your lineup. Yeah. Um, Dotson looked good. Jordan Reed looked pretty good. He's been nice this last two weeks. Um, if you know, he might've been dropped in a couple leagues after a little bit of a dull period. So if for some reason, Jordan Reed's still available, grab him. Um, which leads me into some other tight ends we can talk about. Very last, nice transition. Last week on the show, we talked about Cameron Brait, and I think he proved uh, exactly why he was worth being on the show. He's going to be a touchdown target for the rest of the year with uh, Jameis Winston being the quarterback and the 
him being the only tight end with OJ Howard being on IR, it's 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 a good spot for Cameron Brait. He only had three receptions, but doesn't matter if he gets a touchdown. I tweeted this out on Sunday. Death, taxes, and Jameis Winston throwing touchdowns to Cameron Brait. Yep. It just happens, man. Uh, 18 touchdowns dating back to 2016, which wow. is five more than Gronk. So That's uh, huge. Yeah, all he does is score touchdowns. Um, absolutely tight end one moving forward. Yeah, uh, completely agree. He's he's like a if you if you need a tight end, a starting tight end, spend probably half of what you have left on getting him on your roster. Johnu Smith, we'll talk about him. He's playing right now, actually, and he had a big touchdown reception. Uh, so far this game, he has two receptions for sixty three yards and a touchdown. And Marcus Mariota's looking better. I mean, they're still down in this game, but the Houston defense is pretty stout. So to, uh, so I'm not too worried about this game in particular, but uh, if Janu is a guy that Mariota is going to be targeting, then, I mean, worth an ad. Yeah, I think he could certainly be on the streaming radar. Um, like you said, Mariota has been looking better, and he was questionable coming into tonight with that stinger injury like we talked about on last week's pod. Yeah. And he's looked pretty effective, so my concerns regarding that are definitely um, squashed. And uh, the past few weeks, Janu Smith has actually been pretty effective uh, at the tight end position is, as far as targets in the red zone. So you love to see that. Um, and if he's getting more work in between the 20s, that's only a bonus. So definitely a streaming radar uh, candidate moving forward. Yeah, playing the Jets this next week, I think that's a pretty good spot uh, if you do need to stream uh, a tight end. So go ahead and get him there. Uh, his, his playoff schedule isn't fantastic. He gets the Jaguars, followed by the Giants, and then in Week 16, he plays against the Redskins. So it's not too great. So, But definitely this next week, I think he's worth playing. And then last last for this week's show, uh, CJ Uzuma, back on the dock once again. We talked about a few times earlier this year. He's always kind of been a streaming dude, but now, you know, uh, Tyler Eifert's out for the year and Tyler Croft is out for the year, and CJ's the only one left in town. Uh, they did have, what's what's their new quarterback's name? Matt Driscoll? Did I get that right? Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. What are those normal dude names? Jeff, Matt, whatever. <laughs> um, but he targeted... Thanks, thanks man. <laughs> he ta- oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, Matt? How's it going? I'm just kidding. Um... He got targeted 13 times in this game, and he only caught six of them for 39 yards. But how do you, how do you not look at 13 targets and want a piece of that? Yeah, absolutely. Especially at the tight end position, I don't know if there's anyone out there getting as many targets, you know, weekly as, as that. Um, maybe Zach Ertz and, and Travis Kelsey. But yeah, 13 targets. You love that. Um, and we we do see this often where a backup quarterback comes in. You know, Andy Dalton's now on injured reserve with his right thumb injury. Yeah. Um, and Driscoll's going to be the starter moving forward. They always go to these backup type of players, which they've developed a relationship with. And early on in the season, CJ Uzuma was a backup player. He's just mm-hmm. now been thrust into that starting role. So uh, certainly if that you know relationship continues to develop, uh, I like that a lot for fantasy. Uh- I am a little worried that AJ Green comes back and you know takes a decent chunk of those targets. Uh, Tyler Boyd obviously is still going to be heavily involved in the offense. John Ross appears to be a one touchdown a week kind of guy on two receptions. I don't think he's anything worth relying on though. That's why I didn't put him on the dock. Um, so to rely on that low volume. What does he have? Yeah. Three touchdowns and like seven catches over the last three weeks. Something like that. It's 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 a huge touchdown percentage. Not. Not really uh, reliable in any means. So yeah, absolutely. 
But yeah, so that's it for this week. I mean, Gus Edwards, the big name of this of this show. Josh Adams, go get those guys. I mean, they're startable going forward. Hundred percent. And if you have a top waiver priority, those two guys, I am definitely willing to spend it on for sure. Yeah, it's time to use it. It's time to spend some of that fab you've been saving up all year. So, but uh, yeah, don't be so cheap. Yeah, don't be cheap. I'm out of fab in a couple leagues already. I, I I tend to get a little crazy in the middle of the year. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm always saving like one or two dollars just in case one of these situations come up where I can snag a guy for cheap. But most leagues, like you, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty poor at this point. All right, well, let's get back into uh, watching this Monday Night Football game. And uh, thanks for listening once again. We are the Red Shirts.